Hey, everybody. Atomic Moms is a weekly parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our little ones and ourselves. I'm your host, Ellie Noss, and I celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, celebs, and caregivers all over the world in order to share their unique stories in this universal experience of raising a child. Today's podcast is We Choose Our Family. I'm focusing on two of my favorite subjects, women who go out and get what they want in the non-traditional family. Evie Peck was sick and tired of waiting around for Mr. Wright, so she's a single mom by choice. We're going to discuss that, and we're also going to be talking about labels and about the importance of language and, you know, do you say partner, do you say husband, and how language can make us either feel included or excluded. I don't know what it's like to be a single mom by choice. And I'll admit, I don't get excluded much when it comes to societal norms. I'm married to a man. I have a biological child. I'm blonde. But I do know what it's like when your family doesn't exactly match up with what other people's expectations of family are. This podcast is also one girl or slash woman's attempt to celebrate families in all their varieties. As most of you all know, and new listeners, welcome. I spent last week in New York City and I had the opportunity to go for work and stick around for a few days to see family. I was meeting my half-brother and my step-grandmother and my step-brother and people would ask me where I was going. That's what I would say. What I probably should have said was, oh, I'm just meeting some of the most important people in my life. My step-grandmother married my grandfather before I was born, and there is nothing step or separate about her to me. She is one of the most incredible people in my life. She's never criticized me, and I've always shined around her because of her. I also saw my step-brother. He's my ex-step-brother from my mom's second marriage. And we came into each other's lives when we were young, and we didn't really have any choice or say in it. Um, But when they got divorced, we were adults and we did have a choice and we each get to choose our own family. And I saw my half-brother Jack and he's giving me business advice now, which is so ridiculous because I think he's still like in diapers and wearing cowboy boots. And so I'll never forget when I was nine and my dad was playing Beauty and the Beast soundtrack on our way to the hospital. And so labels are how we try to explain how we're connected to one another, but they often fall so short. So my question for you today, who do you choose to be in your family? Can you shoot them a text, send them an email, let them know? Today's podcast is awesome. It's with Evie Peck. She calls herself Mom Solo. Be right back. I am sitting across from Bridget Maloney Sinclair. Hello. Nice <laughs> um, to be back. A frequent contributor to Atomic Moms. Bridget brought with her a very special guest, Evie Peck. Hi, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Okay, so first of all, Bridget, how did you meet Evie? Oh boy. Evie and I have been in each other's orbit for about 20 years. We met when I was a kid and she was teaching a friend of mine in a musical theater camp program. And then we reconnected as adults when I was on a television show that she was the producer of called 10 Items or Less that was on TBS. This was now like in 2008. But then 
Evie had a baby, which I knew via social media. And then I ran into Evie at a few commercial auditions uh-huh. when you had the baby with you, who's now a little boy. And then I started reading Evie's a Terrific Writer. And I started reading her blog. And I've really enjoyed following along with that. And it's it's kind of the perfect fit for the podcast, too. It's a very interesting. Evie's a great writer, as I just said. But it's also a very interesting story and journey that you went on. Okay, so Evie, your blog, I'm going to say this carefully because sometimes I type in solo mom and that's a whole different thing. Right. Your blog is mom solo. Right. And you can think of Han Solo. Han Solo. Mom, mom solo. solo. Oh, yeah, that's good. And how old is your son, Spencer? <laughs> he turned five two days ago. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I am, uh, I'm emotional. It's, it's wonderful and it's, it's a challenge to grow with him and let go and, you know, and yeah. just it, and, you know, of course, all the cliches, if it goes so fast and all that, it's just, it's true. And it's true that as he gets older, more amazing things happen and he says incredible things and does incredible things, but there is that loss of your baby as, as they get older, that little... Yeah, it's hard. Well, he's made the transition to full boy, right? (laughs) Like there's no baby fight. Is there babyness left? I mean, he still likes to snuggle. Sure, that's nice. I mean, he doesn't... Everyone's, you know, he'll pick up some of his old baby toys and I like this. I want to play with this. and Mm. But he... Yeah, in his heart, he's ready. You know, I say to him, like for the last few months, he'll ask me, like, could you... Or I was like, here, I say to him, um, okay, so take off your clothes and put them in the hamper. And he goes, oh, why do I have to do everything around here? <laughs> and then I go, well, you're almost five. And then the day before he turned five, he said, I just don't want to turn five because I have to do so much work. He's a smart you, guy. Is he hearing that from you and repeating it or from someone at school? Because we're getting this at school. Like Sabrina will have phrases that I do not say to her, mm-hmm. but then a sitter will repeat it. And I'll be like, that did not come from me. Yeah. That came from school. The why do I have to do everything around here <laughs> definitely does not come from me because I just do it. Yeah. I do. And I do do everything around here. Yeah. <laughs> Except undress him. Except. It turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Um, yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know where that came from. I could have just come from his little heart. Yeah. Or yeah. Sabrina will get it from cartoons or, yeah, yeah. It's just so funny how they get these like adult phrases it's stuck so in funny. their heads. Um, Evie, I'm, I'm going to just spring this on you, but I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind reading one of your posts. It's, um, it's called Mom, Look. Mom, his sword fell into the water. Mom, look. Spence calls as he manipulates his Playmobil. I look. I stop whatever I'm doing to look. I always do. Sometimes it's the hardest thing ever to abandon sweeping croissant crumbs mid-sweep or put a dish down mid-wash or stop stirring the sauce or stop folding laundry, but I do it. Sometimes I just don't want to look at another little plastic knight sword fight, another plastic knight that I'm supposed to recognize as the bad guy, but I do. Mom, 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 look, he says relentlessly until I look and give him my undivided attention. Why do I stop everything to look and watch? Because, one, I can. 
I'm there. I'm home. I can stop what I'm doing to look. It's part of being present. Two, because he wants to share what's important to him with me. That means I'm important to him. I'm happy I'm important enough to him to want to share with me. I also believe that if I let him know his pose upside down on the couch means a lot to me, then in 10 years he may feel like he wants to share with me the kids who offered him pot or whatever. I want him to grow up knowing that I always have time for him. I want him to know that whatever it is that's important to him is important to me. I believe that when I give him my attention, it builds his confidence. He feels what he does or says matters. Because if your mom doesn't care, then who will? One time I watched him make a stuffed animal and an elf on a shelf dance to Baby It's Cold Outside for a good two minutes. Possibly longer. It felt longer. I was mid-sentence writing an email and after many rounds of mom, 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 look, Mom, Mom, look. I stopped typing and just surrendered with a big smile on my face watching the show. Anytime my eyes strayed down, I got a Mom, 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 look. It's almost like he's testing me. Does she really care? There are times I tell him, give me a minute, but I don't ever want to dismiss him. Mom, 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 look. This time he's boxing an imaginary opponent. Often he's pretending to knock himself out with those pew, pew, pew sounds that I remember boys in my elementary school making. Sometimes it's sword fighting he needs me to see. And he's almost five now. He's just started to play by himself in his room. He's not going to be including me too much longer. And that's what I tell myself as I watch and smile and nod. I always want to be included in his thoughts. Today's watching his toys dance or sword fight. Tomorrow might be listening to his adolescent fears or concerns. I believe it's connected. Make these little guys' days matter as much as possible. Both like crying. It's like the most beautiful thing ever written. Thank you. Um, One thing that I love about your blog is that, you know, it focuses on your journey as a a single mom by choice, Mm -hmm. but it's for every mom. And I got really kind of mad when I read one post where you mentioned way back when that you were at a party and there was a really like a bitchy mom Mm -hmm. and she was really judgy. And, um, she asked you what your blog was about. And you said that it was about, you know, your adventures as a single mother. And she was like, Oh, I have a friend who might like that. She's a single mom. Mm -hmm. And even just reading that part made me mad because I was like, no, 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 she's a mom. She should read your blog. It doesn't matter that she's not a single mom because that's not what this, right. this one element of the blog. But like I'm not a single mom and I'm reading this blog and there's a million things I relate to and things that just like tug at my heart. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, the that experience in particular? Yeah. Well, and that and that also makes me think a lot of people say to me, what's the hardest part about being a single mm-hmm. mom? And I'm like, I don't know. What's the hardest part about being a mom? Yeah. Because I don't know. For me, I can't speak for all solo moms, but I, I know for me, you know, I might say, well, f- you know, finance, like working and money and all that. But I know so many couples that are also having financial problems and money problems and, mm-hmm. you know, so – 
anything I can say or think of that might be hard for me is hard for anyone who's part of a couple. So I don't feel like I, I particularly have my own struggles because I'm a solo mom. It might be different for others, but that's how I feel. And that mom in particular, her, her judgment was when I said, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a solo mom. And she went, oh, what fun. <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, yeah. for one. And also, it is fun for me. I mean, I, I, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't think about the fact that I'm not in a relationship or other times when I, you know, if I see other couples and it doesn't hit me as, oh, I wish I had that. Like my family feels complete, you know, and Spence's dad is my best friend and he doesn't live in LA, but you know, he's a part of our family and my sister, you know, it's like, we've got a big, wonderful Mm -hmm. family. And, but in our day to day life, it is fun. I mean, we have fun. I, and I'm never feeling like I'm missing something. And so for that mom to make a judgment on that, I mean, I know where it came from. It came from the fact that she was actually, her husband was out of town and she was saying that she was miserable Mm -hmm. because she was doing everything by herself. And, and, you know, she was used to having him around. And so for her, it was really not fun that he was gone, but it's not my experience. And so, yeah. You have a post, Evie, where you say, somebody says, why don't you write about the harder parts? Mm-hmm. And you do a quick list. And I actually had like a, a shiver <laughs> through me when you said, "Not if you leave something in the car, you can't go out and get it. Mm-hmm. This is like, I think when Spence was when a, a baby. baby. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, but that's true too. When Phoebe was a baby, um, I was my husband was working out of the ho- out of the home. <laughs> I, he was leaving all day every day, and I had the same thing. Like right. now, of course, I feel comfort. Like the monitor goes, and I feel okay. And she's a toddler. I'm like, come on, we're going back to the car. But yes, I mean those things. But those are just logistics that happen to everybody. Everybody, and, and you have a longer time before you can go back out to the car because someone else isn't coming home. But that's Thanks. just like you know. These are this is as you said. It's everyone's individual experience, and those aren't. Well, I don't know. It's not a fundamental difference because everyone has a everyone unique experience. Everyone will have anything I can say, other, you know, even if it's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not having an intimate relationship. It's like, well, I know other married people who aren't as well. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, it, there's really nothing I can think of to say that is hard for me that people in couples wouldn't also experience. Yes. Can you go back to the beginning for us and uh, describe sort of that period of time when you decided to do this? Mm-hmm. When you were like, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to choose to be a single mama. Before, um, before that happened, I was, for much of my adult life, I was known as the queen of bad dates. So that was kind of my thing. It's so weird. Which, by the way, read the blog, guys. They're really funny. I can't. I want to talk to you about the life coach guy. Oh my god! <laughs> I've had so many. I want to go punch dates. him in the face. And I write about my bad dates. And for that time, and then it was sort of that was going to be my 
my writing hook. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I've got to write all these bad dates. I was going to do a restaurant, L.A. restaurant review slash bad date book. Yeah, that's good. That is good. <laughs> I could still do I it. Though say, some yeah. of the restaurants are gone, but... But then it's like a nostalgia piece. You know? yeah. yeah. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good idea. Sure. All right. Well, maybe I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I, was, I wrote, wrote down all these bad dates and, you know, bad blind dates before internet dating. And then I have all the bad internet dates. And so it was always kind of a... I, don't know, I kind of want to say a joke. Like, oh, Evie, the queen of bad dates. Do you have a bad date story for us to entertain us at parties? And knowing that I wanted to be a mom, you know, because I, I had babysat so much and been a teacher, as Bridget yeah. experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I just always knew I wanted to be a mom. And so it was part of my part of my world, you know, that it might, I might just do it on my own rather than miss the experience and um, and then my best friend, Dan, who I guess at the time I'd been best friends with for, you know, 15 years. And he just said, well, I'm, you know, if you want my, my seeds, let me know. <laughs> and, uh, and we would talk about it and joke about it, but it was always sort of real for us in the back of our minds, like, mm-hmm. maybe we will. And even though marriage was never a huge goal for me or part I never really ever had said I really want to get married like that never occurred like it just didn't feel right but having a baby did but I still had a grieving process of letting go of this idea that I would have a conventional family Mm -hmm. because even though I wasn't motivated to try to get married and make a relationship work and well there are good reasons I couldn't do that with the guys with some of these relationships but um but anyway even though that wasn't my goal to get married it still was hard to let go of yeah. that because that it just seemed like that's the way you do it yeah and it just happened to everyone I know that way and my family my parents and and then so when you went back to your friend and yeah. is he straight or gay? Or? He's gay. Okay. And you, yeah. you went to him and you said, you know how you remember, remember how you like said I could have your seed? How did you bring that up? We like, would talk- was there a candlelight dinner? <laughs> was it? I mean, I would be really invitation. nervous. This is like a real, pro- this is a baby proposal. Yeah. Well, because he was my best friend. I mean, we talked all the time, even yeah. if he wasn't living. He would live in LA sometimes. And I think at this time he was in New York. And I remember I was dating someone and I was like, this is horrible. This is really not going well. And, and then Dan would be like, oh, yeah, this is horrible. You got to get out of this or whatever. And then there'd always be a little pause like, when we, we should talk about the baby. And then he's like, yes, we, will, we should. I think you're right. We should talk about the baby. So it was always a we should talk about the baby. And then um, we made a plan. Like we were in New York. I was visiting him in New York. And even though we were together all the time in New York, we made a plan to go out to lunch and talk about the baby, mm. even though I was staying with him. Yeah, well, you needed funny. like a yeah. formal baby <laughs> yeah. date. You needed like we a separate, yeah. And we, I remember we went to cook shop. Mm. I can yeah. add that to my, yeah, my yeah. book, my yeah. restaurant <laughs> book. And we went to cook shop and we had, you know, like a brunch. And it was like, this was our baby date. And I think I said something like, so I think it's time. And he was like, it is time. It is time. 
And then we, that's all we said, really. And then we kind of got a little teary. Yeah. And then he, I said, okay, I guess I'll just tell my OB. And he was like, let me know what I need to do. And I was like, okay. And then we ate our brunch. <laughs> Had your omelets. Yeah. Did he say anything about like what his boundaries were with like, you know, I'm not going to be in the role of father, but I'm going to be a loving presence. Like he always, all, whenever we would talk about it casually amongst friends or whatever, he was always like, I will be there. I will be involved. I want to, I want to be the dad. But I always, and I always said, I want, I can do, you know, I want full duties, mm -hmm. you know, I'll do everything. And, and he's like, I will be involved and I will be loving presence and I want to be the dad. And I might not be living in LA. I might be working here and there. And I was like, that's fine. Does and it feel like he's, well, he's biological father. Does it feel like he's dad? Yes, definitely. Does call him dad? He calls him Da. Okay. Which like was very Irish. And, but that, yeah, and Dan's <laughs> Irish. Um, sometimes when, when, he, when he talks about him, he's like, oh, like even today he's told his friend like, oh yeah, we're going to go visit my dad at spring break. Oh, and sometimes when he talks about him, he'll be like, well, I call him Da Da. And, you know, he's very yeah. proud of his dad and talks about him. And the older he gets, the more he understands. And it's just, it's just the way it is. So like the real, his reality is his reality. And, um, you know, every family's different. Mm -hmm. Some families live together, some don't. And that's just. Has his... he ever spent like a weekend with him alone or has, have they ever had. They have alone time, but not, not like a weekend, mostly just because I don't ever need you to be away from you. Spence. Yeah. Like I, you don't need to, yeah, I, you I don't have fantasies of just like <laughs> dumping him in New York so you can go off to Europe. Like that's what I'm thinking right now. I what mean, is that, what? Is that terrible? <laughs> no, that's no. about, that's about me. This isn't about Europe. Like if I had, <laughs> if you're already in New York, you're so close to I mean, Europe. if Sabrina I mean, had a dog <laughs> somewhere yeah, else, yeah. I'm already on my way. Yeah. Well, you so, know, no, you, that's not, and I mean, I don't know if I'm weird or what, no. but I mean like, I just would always, I'd rather just be with him in sure, Europe. I'll take him to Europe. Yeah, family yes. trips. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'd go on trips together. So Dan took us to Hawaii over um, Christmas break, and we go up and visit him on our on spring break. And, you know, so we we do spend large chunks of time together, and, and he comes to L.A. for large chunks of time. So, and we FaceTime, and I don't know, it's just... We call it, you know, we jokingly say it's our modern family. Yeah. But it just, it is. And it feels really, it feels just right. I don't know. And it feels right for me. And it's funny because I think about, I get a little angry at the idea of the plan B. Like, oh, this was my plan B. Because mm -hmm. it, it actually did get to the point where I went, no, no, no. This is what I want. Like, this is my A. And, and... To think that my convention, the, having the conventional family is, well, that has to be plan A. And then I, I really realized, like, no. And I remember I was dating someone before, before Dan and I had our lunch and um, our baby lunch. <laughs> and I remember going, God, I mean, I could spend a couple years trying to get to know this guy and try to make it work and all that. Or I could really have my best friend of now 20 years become family 
I mean, real family. And it's like, I would be sad if I missed that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's what ended up happening. I just realized, yeah, I want, I don't want to miss this chance because I think it's going to work out really well. And it, and it is, and I'm lucky, very lucky. What advice would you give to moms considering? Um, I think if you're considering doing this with a friend, having a baby with a friend, you want to make sure you know that friend really well and that you guys really talk about your roles and um, it's hard. You know, I, I, I will say I know some people who've done it, it and it, it's different situation, but, you know, some situations don't work out. And I think you have to make sure that you're, you communicate really, really, really well. The same with a marriage, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going <laughs> to – and yeah, I, I guess it's, it is very much like marriage in that you're choosing this person to become your family, though you're not living together and, you know, the relationship's different. But I guess it's the same advice you'd give someone like, well, how do you get married without getting a divorce? Or, you know, it's that yeah. same thing. It's like you have to just – sometimes you just know. And uh, communication and work. And and it's funny because sometimes I feel like Dan and I talk a lot about Spence. And then we're like, but we have our friendship too. We have to work. We have to like. Right, which is every co-parent. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like we just do our recap of. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we, when we talk, we make sure like, well, let's get our gossiping in. Oh, so good. And let's Even talk about our feelings. feels like that. Because yeah. we end up yeah. just talking about our kids and then being like, wait, wait, what about oh, yeah. everything else right. besides just. Like, we'll do that over text. Right. We, we wasted our time. Not wasted. Not wasted. <laughs> no. We spent our time. <laughs> right. On that element of our lives. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But um I guess, you know, but as far as advice to Just women who want to be moms and they're not in a relationship, um I had a therapist at the time who said, you know, this is your life and your time is now and if you wait and to to try to find a partner, you might not find a partner who in time to have mm-hmm. a baby. And also, um, you just have to figure out what, if you, you know, in five years, if you don't have a child, how are you going to feel? Because this is the time to do it. And I mean, that hit me so hard. I was like, yeah, it's time now, now, now I got to do this now. And I mean, there's so many questions. Can I do it alone? Can I do it alone? And you just, I don't know, you just do it. Right. I mean, I think everyone, and Mm -hmm. the same thing, everyone thinks that like, People in relationships also think, can we do this, right? Yeah. Or what's it yeah, going to yeah, be? Yeah. Or how's my life going to change? And I don't know. I mean, for me, there was just no question that I was ready. I read online, you know, someone mentioned that one benefit is that you, well, what I really like, because I'm a control freak. I'm kind of working on it. Not really. But that- You're owning it. That's I'm owning it. How about that? Is that the first yeah. step? Thank you, Bridget. Uh <laughs> That as a single parent, it's your, you know, whatever you say goes. And so there isn't that sort of friction or with your partner with like, you know, I don't want to raise her this way or I don't want it. Mm-hmm. You the know, like a of being a soloist. Yeah. It's a soloist. Just your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes that, 
that is can be frustrating for sure because you're like, oh, I wouldn't, honey, why don't you take a listen to this podcast or you know, like right. we're, we're trying not to. Let's yeah. not let's not go about it that way with discipline or other aspects. Yeah, um, that I think a lot of parents kind of do that tap dance with each other. Yeah, it's it's listening to you, Evie. Now it's funny because it is very modern, but I'm also thinking about now. I, I, indulge me for a moment here. <laughs> I have a have a thought. In some ways, it's also like this was once a pretty traditional setup. Is like. Dads would stay or, you know, be in a man. Well, this is now crazy. Ireland got me thinking about this. But, you know, you, you mom and baby stay home and dad leaves mm-hmm. or, you know, families weren't always together forever. And it's really, yeah, it's like this system works, especially if you have your family is whomever you choose it to be. And mm-hmm. you have you have your family of origin in town, too, which I, I do as well. And it's like you realize your family doesn't have to just be the three Fisher Price little people, you know, mom, dad, and baby, that it becomes a whole sort of collection. And this has been the case for a while. It's just, yeah, we have such a conventional narrative about what it means to have a baby, I think. Yeah. And also there's that feeling of um, that life just kind of happens. And I think I grew up that way thinking, well, oh, this is going to happen and someone's going to come along and say, here's a job for you. And then, or here's an interview and this is going to happen. And then you're going to meet someone and fall in love and have a baby and things happen as opposed to, I have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. I have to make a big decision right now. And that is, am I going to have a baby by myself or am I not? Or, you know, so the idea of making choices, I think, especially as a woman, because of your, you know, if you want to have a baby in your body. Um, that way, you know, you have to make yeah. decisions. And also sometimes there's, that's difficult. And it, there's just, I think life is, for me, it was so unexpected that I would be in a place where I'd have to make a huge decision as opposed to this is just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And but yeah. I'd love to know, Bridget, especially with your background in therapy, I feel like when you have to make the choice Right, and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to own that I really want this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through, jump through these hoops to make it happen over however long of a period. That 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 might also just help, sort of like the optimism and positivity of being a parent, because there isn't this sort of being put upon oh, or yeah. this sort of wishy washiness. Like Adam was like dead set on having a kid. If I had a different partner, I think I might have been able to be convinced. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I was younger. I don't know what I would have been feeling at 39 or 40. Maybe yeah. that would have been really tugging at me. But right when I, when Adam was like, I want a kid, I wasn't – I think if I had – at that time, I was like, well, if I was married to someone else, I could see myself not having a child. Because sure. I was like, well, I don't want to bring up all my own childhood stuff and all oh, that yeah. stuff that comes into play. Like I was a little nervous about that. But like if you say, this is what I want – then, man, there's like nothing better for a child. Absolutely. I mean, there's just an article. I'm not saying this as an expert. (laughs) I'm not one, but there was just an article about it was it was in using the lens of postpartum depression and anxiety that even wanted children, um, parents who who really wanted their children, you're less likely to suffer from some of those effects. But that 
it doesn't make you immune in any way. But Mm -hmm. going into it with an attitude of, yeah, but it's the same thing of taking control of anything, I Mm -hmm. think, right? Of thinking like, I'm going to do this. And then that sort of, sort of, yeah, buoys the whole thing, Mm -hmm. I think. But I mean, what you said, Evie, about the mourning period, the grieving period, I think that applies. I mean, this is a very, no, I don't want to say stark because that's the wrong connotation, but very clear example. Um, but I think so much of being an adult and a parent is, is, has a lot of letting go and sort of grieving what you thought your life was going to be like or what you mm-hmm. thought your kid might be like. Exactly. Or, what you thought you'd be like as a parent. Yeah. Or, and whether you're, yeah, whether you're a solo parent or not, definitely yeah. you become an adult and you go, wow, I didn't think I'd be here. But yeah, yeah. you have to letting go and grieving who you thought you were going to be, what yeah. you thought you'd be doing. Oh it's a God. part of especially everyone's life. Everyone's yeah. life. And then especially in LA as creative types, like mm-hmm. three of us are, I mean, I feel like it's this constant, Evie and I were talking before we started recording about <clears throat> just sort of like the different things that you do as an actor and writer and like, oh, you do this for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you get excited about this other thing. Cause you think maybe that'll feed you or like, it's, <laughs> it's this constant reinvention. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there. It's an interesting age. Like, I love that we're in our 30s and 40s because when I talk to people in their early 20s, it's just a different thing. They still think that that one dream is, like, right oh, yes. there for them. But I, to quote Heather Haverlisky, I sometimes say her name wrong, who I love so much, she wrote a piece a few years ago about missing the narcissism of her early 20s. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, just for a taste of that. <laughs> like, just to have that feeling back of, like, of course I have something to say. Of course I have something unique to offer. And it's you like, do, I, Yeah, sure, sure. We all do. do. We, we all, all do. do. Right. But there's but, that second guess. But, yeah, I like never, no one needed to tell me that. And I like, was going to be such a movie star. Oh, yeah. Just like the feeling, <laughs> that feeling was really, it wasn't even I intoxicating because oh, it's how I felt all the time. I but know. like, and it no. changed. Oh, I was going to make so much more money than my husband. Life is long. Life is long. And then because I'm in my 30s, I went to a dark place with that. You're like, life is long. Like, he could just get laid off and never work again. Well, right. Like, I mean, that's my, you, you were saying it like I could end up being yeah, like, but a you're right. great he could lose it all. <laughs> that's how I take he it. He could lose it Cause, all. Because I'm in my 30s. So that's how I. <laughs> oh, please. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, but yes, it does. It looks different. It looks different for everyone. Right. Exactly. But yeah, but but when there's a departure from the narrative norm, if you will, it's it, it also gives everyone a chance to go, oh, that's different, mm-hmm. which can be good or bad, right? <laughs> but it's interesting. You wrote a post about when you were going to, um, like breastfeeding classes and baby care yeah. classes, and how you really felt like it was like husband, 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 husband. Uh, yes, I'm so sensitive to that, but I'm also kind of a a pain in the ass, if you will, about like inclusive language and assumptions. And like, I refer to my husband as my partner a Mm -hmm. lot, which sounds very pretentious and led somebody once to say, I think I might've said this on the podcast. I didn't know you were gay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm married to this man I've been with since college. I was reading the New Yorker last night and I was like, just, I was like, Bridget like speaks the New Yorker. Like your language is the New Yorker. It's very great. I enjoy, no, I enjoy it. I love it. So much that you say partner like to me I think 
you know, I just think it's it's inclusive and it's a new. Well, who, I don't know. I like knows? it. This is my whole thing. Like yeah. one of my best friends is a lesbian. It sounds like you know some of my best friends are gay, but my best. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so and was, she has a <laughs> wife, guys, and a, they say my wife. But when she was engaged, she was really uncomfortable at saying fiance because everyone assumed it was a man because right. she's a woman, and that's and that's that's we're all learning and things are happening and um, pronouns can be confusing. But I I think that. I, I'm surprised at how, um, I'll say retro, so much baby and child stuff is. Me too. And like all the mommies, all the mamas, like that used to make me really bristle and not in that like, that's not my identity because I'm fine being some, I love being someone's mother. But mm-hmm. it's just surprising to me that the assumption or the assumption is that I don't work and that or, or I don't know. It's very interesting. There's no modern media out there. There, there are so few books. Like you have to Google it and like search. Mm-hmm. There's so few books about different kinds of families mm-hmm. and um, ethnicities and, and guys. Garcelle Beauvais. Yeah. Uh, listen to my recent podcast with her. She's got um, three incredible books, but two of them. One is called I Am Mixed, and one of them is called um, I Am Living in Two Different Homes. So she's trying to do it. Well, I've got to look, I'm going to look that up and she's then dynamite because, but you're right. But that's a thing, right? Like she was on the podcast and she's incredible, but that is because those books don't exist. I think I I wrote a post called the woman, no, the man drives, I don't know, way back. Mm -hmm. But when Spence was about three years old, (laughs) I was, we were, I was carpooling with another mom and the kid and it was just we were the two women in the front seat driving and Spence just went you know the man drives and the woman rides and i like what are you talking about and i was like i drive you everywhere every mm-hmm. day i pulled i pulled a sticker <laughs> every mom does i pulled too. a I sticker like, off a of fisher price ride along yeah. that i bought secondhand otherwise i wouldn't even put the sticker on that was a a I guess a king and queen, but the king uh-huh. was driving. Right. And it's obviously marketed towards girls, if you will, like it's pink and purple. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like she's writing it. Why is there a man driving it? And I pulled it off. So now no one's, I mean, no one's driving, but I feel like that's more Zen. So but <laughs> I was so offended. Yeah. I was so offended. And the, when you use the language partner, you're helping, you know, the new Thanks, generations Evie. like learn that, that, there's not one way to do things, to one way to have a family, one way to have a household. And mm. I think it's important and it seems like a small detail and I know some other generations or, you know, people might not get it, but becoming, having become a solo mom, I really do, it does make a difference. And being in that, in that lactation class where, you know, mm. they were just, she was just talking about husbands, husbands, husbands. Mm. And I was like, hmm. And just looking around going, how do you know they're married, for one? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then another day of class, like two women were there together, and she still said husbands. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I just don't know yeah. why we still have that language. Yeah. yeah. Now that Spencer's five, a lot of parents are already divorced. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, there are a lot of single mothers not by choice, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of single mothers right now. I remember yes. when my parents got divorced, I think it started when I was like four years old and I was the only one with parent, with a single mom. And then, yeah, I mean, by fifth grade, it was like, Old news. join the club, people. <laughs> like, 
Well, when I was so, nursing and when, when Spence was a baby, I remember I would just, I would say to my other friends, I'd be like, you know, I could have a date right now. I could be going out on a date tonight if I wanted. Like, yes, joking, but but it was true. Yeah. But I, you know, it was funny because the truth was like, I didn't, I didn't really want to. No. I mean, I was just in my baby bubble, but I would just joke about it. Like I could be, mm-hmm. I could be online right now and have line up six dates yeah, really super if I sexy wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean it's uh definitely now no one even asks or no one even you know, it doesn't seem different. But um at the time it did, but I, I I was also so happy and so happy with my choices and my family and my situation. I was just so happy with about it, so it didn't bother me and and I would look at it as I did with my bad dates. I just kind of look at all this stuff as interesting and funny and something I want to write about. Yeah. Yeah. But it never, it never got me down or feeling bad about my choices and my life. And yeah, but I find it fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Evie. Listeners, please follow us on social media at Atomic Moms and subscribe on iTunes. You can go to iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. Feel free to leave us a review. We love hearing from you all and it also helps with our rankings. Until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness. Rock on, Atomic Moms. Atomic Moms.